from the book Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 through verse 23. That's where we're going to be teaching that today, amen? From the book Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 verse, through verse 23 is our reading. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Give you an opportunity to get there. We also have the screen. And after couple of days, you can get this on the web, amen? amen? There'll come a day when you'll be getting it live. <laughs> they will come, amen? <laughs> but right now, get it live in the service. <laughs> Ain't that right? I just don't think you can stop the gospel from getting to where it needs to get to. God will do whatever it takes to promote his word. Amen. From the book Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Are you there? Let's read together. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, when he, raised, when he wrought Jesus, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Father, we thank you now for your word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your love and thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us your son. Now we ask you to teach us, lead us, and guide us. And Lord, help us in Jesus' mighty name. We pray in the church that amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. We are in a series. This is part number four. Uh, we are doing a... Uh, we are all right. We just, got, we just hit the wrong button somewhere. Mama, Dad... Mama said it's going to be day like that. <laughs> All right. All right. We have a new system. We have a new system. And in a new system, uh, amen. Amen. Are we okay, my brother? We all right. Okay. Now, uh, we are talking about today the revelation and knowledge of him. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 17. We've already talked on the first part of that, which we call the spirit of wisdom. Say that with me, the spirit of wisdom. Spirit. Now, we have that in the storehouse. These are the three things you need to know because we're going to go to the next three things that I'm already ministering on when we are talking about uh, if, uh, uh, the First Corinthians chapter 3, the administration of the spirit. So we're going to go back to finish that series. Now, in the administration of the spirit, we already talked about what's the hope, what is the hope of his calling. So you need to get that tape, that, that tape in the storehouse. And then we are on the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. After that, we are going to go back and finish what is the exceeded greatness of his power. So you, we need to know everything that the Lord is teaching. Amen. Everything that the Lord is teaching. All right. Now. Amen. Amen. When you get there, say amen. All right, now, we've been teaching on the revelation of the mystery. Somebody said the revelation, revelation of the mystery. All right, now, this mystery we talk about here is a revelation in the knowledge of him. Say the revelation, revelation in the knowledge of him. All right, now, we talked that this morning, uh, the first part of that this morning, but now we're going to teach the second part of the same teaching, the revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, we've already taught last week on the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. Now, 
the revelation, the knowledge of him is what God wants you to know. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, he's going to tell you he gave you everything. He's going to show you he gave you everything. And then after he gave you everything, we're going to go back and show you what he gave you. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, and verse number 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven and place in Christ. Now, God did this before you got saved. He's already given you that. That's why when I get to, get to the reading I'm doing, this is when he heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all the saints. Now he heard you have accepted God's grace. God already gave you this before you were saved. 2,000 years ago, God gave us this in his son, Jesus Christ. Then it says in verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy with, without blame before him in love. Then this is what God did. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. But this was according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Remember, it's his grace that saved you. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, God did all of this before you got saved. Then in verse number seven, in whom we have redemption. Redemption is forgiveness of sins. You already have this. In whom we have redemption. The, forget, the, the, the redemption through his blood. We got redemption through his blood. We got redemption. We got forgiveness through his blood. Not through water baptism, through his blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Then he told you what it was. The forgiveness of sins. Then he told you it's according to the riches of his grace. Now, according to the riches of his grace, God has began to show us the unsearchable riches of Christ. Say that with me. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, I'm, going to, I'm showing you one of them right here. One of the unsearchable riches of Christ is the riches of his grace. Say the riches of his grace. See, that's the first one. These are called the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what I'm giving you now. Then in verse number eight, it says, Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, Paul says, but it's according to the, his good pleasure, which he has purpose in himself. Now, in this unsearchable riches of Christ, first I gave Ephesians 1, 7, it's according to the riches of his grace. Let's look at another one. Romans 2, 4. You want to write these down? I'm going to give you four. Romans 2, 4. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, these are his riches. Because this is what he has given you. So when the person says, I don't want Christ, then you're turning down everything God has, has for, you, for you for eternity. This is not just for now. This is for eternity. So, so Romans chapter 2 told, told me another one. Paul said, despise thou the riches of his goodness. Somebody said the riches of his goodness. See, it's not just God is good. God is good, but God has goodness. Now, you have to understand riches of his goodness. First is the riches of his grace. Second is the riches of his goodness. So I don't know if you're taking notes, but if, you, if I was taking notes, that's the first thing I would do. I would put down Ephesians 1 and 7, the riches of his grace. Then I would put down in Romans 2, 4, the riches of his goodness. Then I would go to Romans 9, 23. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 23 is the third one. We're talking about the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is what God has given to them that love him. That's why the Bible says, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Yea, the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, here's another one. Romans chapter 9 and verse 23 says, and, what, and that he might make known, here it is, the riches of his glory. What is the riches of his glory? So that's what God has given me. Now that word riches mean wealth. Riches mean what? Right. You know that in the natural, right? When a person is rich, he's wealthy. It's the same word. So the riches, the riches of his grace. He said that it's the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. He made them known on the vessels of mercy. He said that's me. 
Right. We are vessels of mercy. God had mercy on us. That's how we were saved. He saved us because he had mercy on me. Then the fourth one is Colossians 127. We're showing you the riches, uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Colossians 127. Colossians 127. This is number four. Colossians 1.27 is on the screen. It said, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Somebody says among the Gentiles. Right. So he, he, because Paul preached Christ to the Gentiles. So he told you what, the, what this is. He says, to whom God will make known what's the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Then he's going to tell you what the riches are, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what did God do? Look at Romans 8.32. When God gave us his grace, what did he give us? He made us rich. He's made us wealthy. So my job is to make sure by the grace of God, I draw this out of you. Now, that's Proverb 20 and 5, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that's my responsibility. Right. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Now, we're talking about God, all the things in the old covenant that God has, he has given them to the church. He has given them to the body of Christ. First, he gave them to his son, and because you have his son in you, and that you are the body of Christ, all these things are yours now. Now, this is your wealth and riches in Christ. Now, my responsibility is to minister Christ to you so you begin to see and the Holy Ghost can begin to expose and manifest in your life all that God has for you. The one I'm dealing with today is a revelation and knowledge of him. I told you this past week, the spirit of wisdom. God has already given you that. Remember, the spirit of wisdom was given to you so you can make divine choices. See, there's a whole lot of things you wouldn't do if you operate in the wisdom of God. God gave Solomon the wisdom of God to rule a nation Israel. That's how he ruled Israel, by the wisdom of God. Solomon wrote to you the book of Proverbs because he had the wisdom of God. God's anger with Solomon because out of all he gave Solomon, he allowed people, women, and expected to turn his heart from God. And have him to worship other gods and goddesses and all kind of stuff. And that's why Solomon got into writing the book Ecclesiastes when he was talking about vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Because he got into a situation where he got, into, got away from God's word. And he realized when he got away from God, it was nothing but vanity. It didn't do any good. See, vanity means helpless, useless, nothing. All that stuff was about nothing. You see? Because God has given him everything up front. So that's what you got to understand. God has given you the grace of God. He has given you the wisdom of God. He has given you everything you need in Christ. This is the whole thing that happened with Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve everything, put them in the garden. The devil is the one who got them to move. So you got to understand something. When God gave you the wisdom of God, God puts you where he wants you to be and give you what he needs you to have. Now the enemy's job is to move you. Or try to tell you, you, you don't need to be over there with Crump, man. Crump don't baptize no more. You ought to know why Crump don't baptize no more. Let me show you why Crump don't baptize no more. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.17. See, if you knew why, then you would know. But they don't know why. They'll just tell you, see, Crump don't baptize no more. You don't need to be over there. Any church that don't baptize and don't serve communion ain't no church. I already know what they say. I, I don't, I, that don't bother me. I'm, I'm the oldest senior pastor in this city. You all don't know that, do you? I know. Oh, I, I don't, I'm not here to boast and brag, but I am the oldest senior pastor in this city. Amen. I'm not saying that to brag, because some of y'all don't know. When, when, when Welcome Baptist Church started, it was Pastor Crump and Dorf and New Greataway who went there to preach so that they could get a pastor. Amen. When New Mama Rise started their church, it was Pastor Earl O'Crump who ministered to them to start get their pastor. I'm the oldest senior pastor in this city. Amen. I'm just letting you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that don't mean nothing to pat me on the back. I've been minister, in ministry now 40 years. Okay? I'm not, you never heard me say it before. So I'm, I don't like to say stuff like that. 
But I'm just letting you know that I'm not just up here saying something. Okay? I'm not here to, to take people. I don't put down churches. Don't put down their members. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to preach Christ. But I've had people's members to come and tell me, let me go over here and see this crump. Because that's all we hear about Sunday, this crump. Don't go to this crump church. That's not right. It's not fair. You'll never hear me tell you that. I believe the Spirit of the Lord, if I educate you in the Spirit with the wisdom of God, and you go somewhere you know that ain't right, you leave it. You're going to be, no, nah, mm-mm. <laughs> You're going to walk right on out of here. That's my responsibility, just like your children. See, I look at you as my own children. My job is to educate you in the things of God, not control you. That's not my responsibility. The Holy Ghost does that. Well, that's why I tell people, don't be hiding from me when you're drinking or smoking or pull up beside me with somebody with your loud music. Don't. I'm your pastor. The Holy Ghost is going to do that. Somebody say amen. 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 But I respect you. That's my part. Amen. Now, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get right into the word, okay? Now, this is why we don't baptize. See, the word tell me why. I teach the gospel of Christ, the New Testament. So the New Testament don't baptize. If you honor the Old Testament, you're still going to do it. The Christ sent me not. This is the man that we honor, this Apostle Paul. Christ sent me not to baptize. This is my apostle. I know people say they have apostles today, but this is my apostle. It's Paul, okay? Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of word, lest the cross of Christ should be made in none effect. Now, Put that up there in the, in the good news. Same verse. All I want is one verse. Uh, that verse I'm going to deal with. Counsel the heart of man in deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. My responsibility is to draw the word out of you. Put 1 Corinthians 1.17 in the good news or the NLT, any one of those you have available. But I'm going to show you what happens if I do water, if I preach water baptism, then I'm going I'm to take the power away from the cross. See, the cross has no old power. Let's read it again. It said, Christ did not send me to baptize. He sent me to tell the good news and to tell it without using the language of human wisdom in order to make sure that Christ's death on the cross is not robbed of his power. So if I preach water baptism, if I preach circumcision, if I preach communion, it robs Christ of his power. Tradition, religion of men take the power away from the cross. That's why the cross don't work in people's churches because they are preaching religion, tradition of men. So when I don't do something, I don't do it because the word said. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 1.17 and see what the words say. And then we go from there to Romans 11.13. So the word of God, this, see I'm doing what the word said. I'm not going, this is not a tradition religious church. This church is built on the word. We teach the word, not just here. We teach the word on YouTube. We teach the word on, uh, I, I what? Podcast. See, I was seeing, see what y'all listen. We on cable by six or seven different stations. We on cable in Flint, cable in Southfield, cable in Troy, cable in Detroit. We on all the cable, Southfield, Flint. We on cable television. We preach the hour. We preach on YouTube. We preach on podcasts. Your DVDs and CDs. So we're not here just to tell you anything. Amen. Amen. That, that's not our purpose. Look at the word. Look what the word of God says. Uh, it says, Christ sent me not to baptize. So if Christ sent me not to, then why am I doing it? See, people are doing things because they're going to get members. I don't need members. I need Christians. My job, my job... My job, if I, don't, if I don't have the power, how can I get you saved? My job is to make sure that you are ready for the spirit realm. My job is to give you the word of God so you will come from the natural realm, from the old man natural realm, into the spirit realm so you can receive your inheritance. That's my responsibility. My responsibility that you do not die in Adam. I don't care how, what kind of people come to this church. I believe, God, that the power is here to save them. That's what I believe. And you can't say that if you don't preach the cross. You never hear me point at people. I'm not going to do that to you. Because God saved me. And I believe when God saved me, there ain't nobody God can't save. 
I'm serious. I don't think nobody in here was worse than Earl Crump was when I was in the world. Nobody. So why would I come in here now and I'm in Christ going to put you down? That ain't right. God can save me. He can save anybody. That's why I look at it. And all you have to do is believe God. Take him at his word. And brother, God will deliver you from your situation. I don't care what it is. All right. Now, let's get into the word. So Christ sent me not to baptize what I was looking at, but he sent me to preach the gospel. But he sent me to, not with the wisdom of word, lest the cross of Christ be made none effect. So he didn't send me to baptize. So that was the whole thing why when I found out that God, and look at Romans eleven thirteen. Romans eleven thirteen tell you that Paul is apostle to the Gentiles. Now, I'm not saying nobody write me no letter with you said ain't no apostle today. I did not say that. I said Paul is mine. Hello. Uh, that don't help. Anybody can be, if that's going to be your apostle, that's up to you. But this man right here, Paul says, I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my offer. That's my apostle right there. The apostle, when you get to the word apostle, you're talking about the father. You see, it's not just because I got two churches. If it was, if it was, you have apostles everywhere. A pastor is like an apostle also, you're a father. See, my job, I'm a father. I'm, a, I'm here when everybody's gone. See, I'm, I'm going to be the one here when the baby born, when the baby dies. I'm here for both of them. You see, when you get married, when you're divorced, I'm still a pastor. You see, and you have to know how to minister to people in their hurt. You can't judge the people. You have to be here for the people. Amen. You have to live a life that the people can look at and say, that's a pastor right there. That's a pastor. One of, my, one of the oldest members of this church, I talk to pretty much every week, named Deacon Fred Hawkins. I call him Reverend Fred Hawkins. But anyway, I say this to him because I respect him and his wife and family. But he would tell you today, if you ever talk to him, my pastor is at 511 South Central, regardless of where I go, because that's what God has shown him in his heart. You need to make up your mind. Who is your pastor? Now, it's okay to go visit different churches, but you need to know who is your pastor. Who do people call when you get in a situation you can't handle? Do you have a pastor? You better make sure you got one. Because this is a very important thing. This morning I gave you the definition of the word knowledge. We're going to get into the word now. The revelation of the knowledge of him. The revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what you need. It's the revelation in the knowledge of him. All right. Now. Knowledge I gave you this morning. If you got it on the screen, you can show it. Here we go. Knowledge is it's a clear picture or the perception of truth. Knowledge is a to have a clear picture of the truth. The word perception, to have a clear picture of the truth. The word knowledge is to be enlightened. So this is why you need a pastor. That's why Jeremiah 3.15, I never forget Minister Eva Brown, when she came to this ministry, that's what she said that God gave her, Jeremiah 3.15. We'll look at that next. This is what knowledge does. Knowledge inspire the mind or to infuse or to empower the mind. It is to illuminate the mind or give light to the mind. So you, have, you got to understand, before you, when you, before you were saved, your mind is full of darkness and worldly matters. See, all that got to come out. That got to be flushed out. And the only way it's going to happen is you're going to get under somebody who can preach to you the gospel of Christ or the revealed word, which is the truth, is on the screen, so that can destroy all that junk in your mind. That's why a lot of times people lay down and have bad dreams. You got to get the stuff out your head. You're dreaming about what's in there. Amen. You got to renew your mind. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So this word knowledge means to have a clear perception of the truth, to be enlightened, to be inspired, to be infused. That all that happens to the mind is to give the mind life. So if you want to put some mess up there, that's what knowledge does is give life to the mind. Now, you got to understand something. You got to understand how you stay young. 
I know you got all of this remedy out here and people selling all this stuff. And I'm not against your product. You do what you got to do. I do what I got to do. Amen. We in competition. But I know how to keep a person young. You got to keep a person young in the mind. You got to understand something. You are no older than your mind. I'm, crying, I'm, I'm helping you out. You don't know I am. But you get old in the mind. And once a person's old in the mind, you'll start hearing them talk old talk. You're not going to ever hear me talk old talk. I believe I can outrun any one of you in here right now. <laughs> now I know you're saying ha-ha, but when you want to check it out. <laughs> Amen. But my point is, my point is, I believe that. I'm your pastor. I'm not going to run across here and do something foolish. I'm no pastor, but I'm just going to show you. Reverend, Reverend Jogs, Reverend Jogs. Reverend do push-ups every morning. My, my point is, my point is, my point is, I understand age. See, that's why Proverbs used to say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so that's why you can't think you old. You need to get rid of that thinking. You got to get rid of that thinking. And you need, to, you need to enjoy your life and get yourself in an environment of laughter and joy. Stop, watch this, stop wasting your time watching sad, dead movies with everybody dead. Anytime you watch a movie and all in black and white, everybody dead on the movie. I don't have no time watching no dead movie, no dead people. So you got to understand something. This is why knowledge is so important, because knowledge gives life. The knowledge of God gives life directly to the mind. That's why Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You can prove that by the renewing of your mind. See, my mother in my life is good for me. My mother will be 92 years old this October. I call her the boss. I call her chief. See, my great aunt in St. Louis is 106. 106 years old. See, what I looked at, my pastor, I had two pastors in my life, only two pastors I've had in my life. Both of those pastors served 50 years in ministry. And to do that, you have to just about be 85 years old. Now, I just did 35. I was thinking about the other day, I got 15 more years ago, I have my 50 years in ministry. And then I'll be 85. So I'm not thinking about going nowhere. But you got to understand something. But you got to understand something. You got to keep life coming into the mind. Now you don't understand. The soul gets its life through the word. It's the soul got to be young. You can't do it. You got to feed the soul what the soul was saved by. It took the word to save the soul. If you'll feed the word, feed the word to the soul, you'll keep light in life coming into the soul, man, and you'll keep your soul young. You can sit there and watch old dead movies all day long, everybody dead on the movie, you just killing yourself. Just helping you out. Get some joy. Find something. Praise God. Uh, get a life. <laughs> Somebody say Amen. All right, now let's go to Ephesians. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter number three, uh, three verse three. Just going to show you one verse because I got to quickly get to my message. Ephesians chapter three and verse number three. Just one verse. 
This is how Paul got his message. Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse 3. Just one verse. How that by revelation. Remember how Paul got his message. By revelation, God made known to me the mystery. He made known to me what? The mystery as I wrote in four words. Let's go to Romans 16, 25. I told you this morning, there in the word of God, there's the word mystery. And there are mysteries. You got to know the difference. If you don't know the mystery, then you sure don't know the mysteries. So you must understand something. The word of God is my life. This time last year is September. In Wednesday of this year, September, I was on an operation table in September 11th. One year later, I missed three services from preaching the word. Since last year. But I understand where my health come from. I'm going to show you God's desire. Put down 3 John 2. We're going to look at that also. That God gave this to John. He whom he loved. So you have to understand something. I understand the word. The word is life to me. I don't, I'm not in the word every day to please nobody, to prove nothing. I have to have the word to live. Just like a fish have to have water to live, I have to have the word to live. If you take a fish out the water, it's going to die. I, why? Because it was born underwater. Well, I'm born in the spirit. I have to have the spirit to live. Take the word from me, I die. God gave me the word and gave me life. You got to understand something. You didn't have life until Jesus came into your heart. When God put his son into your heart, he put life in you. And that's how you live. But now you got to understand the knowledge of God must be fed to you through your mind. The life of God goes to the heart. It goes through the mind into the heart of man, into the soul of man, and it keeps man alive. You have to know how Adam died. He ate of the tree of knowledge, but it was good and evil. It was a mixture. It was the law. And it killed him. Spiritually killed him. Separated him from God. Killed him, separated him from God, shut down the life of God in him until he didn't even know who God was. The God that he was raised with, walked with, talked with, now he hid from. And when God came to see Adam, Adam was hiding in the garden in the cool of the day. He had to ask God, Adam, where are thou? I have to be careful because. We'll have Mr. Adam in the house today and his wife and his two sons who are, I see as Olympians. Can you give them a big hand? You got a good coach, brother. But you must understand something. Adam, where are thou? And Adam was hiding. Adam was hiding from God. And he asked Adam, Adam, have you eaten of the tree of knowledge that I asked you not to eat from? And the first thing he did was say, you know, my wife that you gave me, she ate it first, then she gave it to me, and I didn't eat. Now, you know before she came, I never messed with it, Lord. <laughs> Somebody said the devil is a lie, right? right? But you got to understand something. He ate of the wrong tree. Now, if, it, if you ate of the wrong tree, got us in this situation, then somebody ought to know how to get out of it. Because there was another tree in the garden called the tree of life. So if he had had eaten of the tree of life, he would have lived forever. So when Jesus came, he came and told them that I am the tree. I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. So he came and let them know, if you eat of me, you'll never die. I'm the bread of life. See, I'm going to go through all of those one day. I'm going to teach every one of them. 
And you have to know that's what you got. Once you got Christ in you, you got life in you. But now you got to feed yourself life every day, and that's the knowledge of God's word. That's why you need to get the cassettes. We are given, we on iPod, my son does iPod, Earl Jr., he stays in St. Louis, but he keeps up my iPod for me, and that's why we send him every week. Both tapes go to him for iPod, so you can get the tape. You can listen to on your phone everywhere. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how good this is. What minister Hayes at? We're on Facebook and Instagram also. But what we're doing is there's something else he told me about that we, we're going to be on soon. Minister Hayes, wherever he is, he could hear me. Huh? No, there's something else he just told me we're going to be on. And then also, uh, did I see Mr. Wilson over there? Mr. Wilson over there working on something. Mr. Wilson, wave your hand, Mr. Wilson. That's my son always talking about Mr. Wilson, but they're working on something for me also, aren't they? Mr. Wilson, see, they're always working on something for this ministry for to make sure we'll be out there. Ain't that something? Yeah. Now, you may not know Mr. Wilson, but Mr. Wilson has his own TV station, so I'm not just talking about anybody. That's Mr. Wilson. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, so we're going to get into the Word, shall we? All right. We got another half hour. All right. Now, we gave you the knowledge of God. We gave you Ephesians 3 and 3. That's what we want to write. Now, now we're going to go to Romans 16, 25. Now to him that's of power. Watch what he says. Now to him is a power to establish you. That word is called establish. King James used establish, but it's established. You cannot get established unless you sit under the gospel of Christ. You got to hear what he just says. See, you just can't go to anybody, church, anybody, and then get established. Established means rooted and grounded in truth. And I'm going to show you that word in a minute. Find that for me because we're going to go there in just a moment. Rooted and grounded in the truth. To be established is you're rooted and grounded. That means you're not moved. See, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff coming against you, your life, your marriage, your children, your family. Amen. You might well get ready for it. Yeah. Matter of fact, I had a girl ask me to pray for her, where you are. Yesterday, outside, you asked me to pray for her. Quiet, ma'am. She gone? Well, sure, she just sang this morning. But anyway, she asked me to pray for her. Well, I, I prayed for her yesterday. I prayed for her again this morning when they asked me to pray for them. I prayed for them in my minister meeting this morning again. She already, when, when, when you ask me to pray for you, I'm going to pray for you. But I'm believing God that you'll walk it out. So you ask me to pray for you, I'm going to be looking for you. Amen. Don't ask me to pray for you that you stay at home. Somebody say amen. I'm praying that you will walk with God. How many, how many love walking with God? How many know what I'm talking about? Man, there's nothing like walking with God. Ooh, that's the greatest, one of the greatest adventures of my life is just walking with him every day. Ooh, let me move on. Ephesians 3.17, so that's where I need to be at, right there. So let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 3, because I'm getting ready to go to Ephesians 6, and I got to go. Well, I, that's where I got to go, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. That's where I need to go. Okay, I need 3 John 2 first, okay. Then we go to Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. That's where I'm going. Thank you very much. All right. Now watch what John, what God gave John. Beloved, I wish above all things. Now this is what God spoke through the heart and desire for the church of God. I wish above all things. Now you know God has a lot of desire, doesn't he? But this is his greatest desire for the church, that thou may prosper. Now, if he stopped right there, that would have been good. That means God wants all of us to prosper. And I want to show you that also in the, king, in the uh, good news after this, that you may prosper. Then he said, and be in health. Somebody said prosper. prosper. And be in health. Amen. So not only God want me to prosper, he want me healthy. Amen. Ain't that right? He want me healthy even as my soul prospers. So how's it going to happen? How am I going to be prospering? And... Can't you figure that out, what I just got through saying? Put it back up there again. Don't, don't switch over yet. Don't... Listen what it says. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health 
The word even as is how it's going to happen. Even as thy So what happens if your soul don't prosper? See, if you don't get the knowledge of God, if you don't get the knowledge of God, how that, do you, don't you understand if you don't get this, your body will break down? I don't think y'all understand that. It's the word that keeps your soul. There's a verse that I used sometime before, and I showed you how God heals your body through your soul. I forget what verse here. Some of you smart people out there who wrote that down may share it with me again. But God heals your body through your soul. He heals the guy on the outside through the guy on the inside. Because if your soul is fed and healthy, the body going to be healthy. So God wants you to prosper and be in health even if your soul prosper. You got that verse I'm waiting for now? In, in the, uh, my dear friend, I pray that everything may go well with you and that you may be in good health as I know you are well in the spirit. So what happened if you're well in the spirit, then that's going to release health in the body. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this, this is so, I, I believe that with all my life because like I said, I've been a ministry for 40 years. I'm in the Word every day. And, and the key is, I can sense in my body, how many out here take vitamins? Good. I'm, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Give yourself a big hand. I thought I was going to get about one or two or three. Good to see my daughter. Good to see my daughter Grace back. Welcome back from around the world. You too. Glad to have you. Thank you. Uh, now, you have to understand that eating the word of God keeps the soul healthy. Cause, one place it said, cause your faith to shine. Now, you don't mean you walk around with a shiny face, right? <laughs> <laughs> a merry heart does good like what? Medicine. Like a medicine, right? And a broken, a broken spirit does what? Dry it dries the bones out, right? And so you have to understand that people die early because I believe because they're not getting the word. They're not getting nourished by the word. I really believe that. Okay, if anybody got anything that I need before I go? Okay. Let's go now to Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Oh, I'm so excited about the word. I don't have to have nothing else to make me excited. This word excites me. Usually in my car, you'd be going like, turn that off. I'd be on Ephesians chapter 1 like, hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My flesh said, I don't want to hear it anymore, so I don't care what you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man did not live by bread only. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 14 through 19. That's where we're going now. All right, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, then we're going to go to, I got to do something in the Philippians. For, for this cause, Paul says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family is named in heaven and in earth. Heaven and earth. Next verse. You just skip 15. Amen. Was I at 15? I thought I did 14. Whole family and earth was a part of that 14. All right. Ephesians chapter number 3, right? And verse 14. That's not what I'm asking for, was it? Ephesians 3.14, right? Oh, I'm at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 3.14. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Okay, they put 14 and 15 together. And verse 16, that he will grant you, watch this, according to the riches of his glory. How many know that's Christ? Right. Right, according to the Christ in you. See, everything you get is according to the Christ that's in you. Then it says, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his grace, which is Christ, to be strengthened with might by his spirit. This is how you strengthen in might. You, this is how you strengthen by might. You strengthen with might by his spirit. See, I'm strengthened with might. By his spirit in the inner man. All right, now when I get to Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to show you a verse that he called the word of God the sword of the spirit. 
Anybody remember that? Okay, hold, hold this. Let me go over there. We're going to go right back to Ephesians 3 here again. Go to Ephesians 6. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and 10. This is your weapons. This is spiritual weapons. Remember the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to put down a stronghold, casting down imagination, every high thing to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right. Now watch this, Ephesians 6 and 10. Okay, here we go. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. See, he's talking about strong. This is what you got to understand. You got to be strong in the Lord. You can't, you, you got to understand, you got to build up yourselves, man. You can't expect this stuff just to happen. And that's why I always tell young people, while you're young, take care of your body. Take care of your body. Don't put stuff in your body that you don't need. You destroy the strength in your body, and then you get old as I am, then you, your body can't hold you up. You don't have to look old and be old. You can be old and not look old. When you see people that get up in age, you know they didn't take care of their body. Learn from that. I leave it like that. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brother and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he said, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. That's the arm of God. That you may be able to make sure you're saved. That's what he's saying. So you can stand up against the tricks and the deception of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what this is. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. You got, God gave you faith. That is your shield. Whereby you shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. Then he said, take the helmet of salvation. Watch this. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. That means your spirit needs something to fight with. So when you're going to talk about, well, I ain't worried about the devil, I resist the devil. You just can't resist the devil. You have to resist the devil, stand fast in the faith. You have to have the word in you to resist. Just like you have to have, your body has to be built up. That's why I ask you how many take vitamins. I'm so proud of you taking vitamins because you ought to take vitamins every day. We know the food we eat don't have the vitamin we need in it. So that's why you need to take the vitamin. And God has made it so you can take gummies. You can gum vitamin now. You can't tell God when I ain't got no teeth. You can gum them. Just make sure you take the vitamins. Because your body needs vitamins. I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, you got to take vitamins. I'm telling you, everything to heal your body and your nourishment of your body need to come through vitamins. I would listen to, I, I would listen to the doctor, Benny Hinn doctor, sometime years ago, and he taught on a book called Dead Doctors Don't Lie. I'm not here to put down doctors, but he said dead doctors don't, don't lie. But then he says to me, he, he, this is what the guy says. He says, I can get anybody healed. This is this what Benny Hinn doctor said on, on one of his programs. He said, I can get anybody healed. Number one, I get them to take vitamins. The first thing I do is make sure they take vitamins. If you take vitamins, there's one ingredient in vitamins you need to make sure it's there. It is called iodine. So if you're taking vitamins, look for that little word iodine. Iodine is a natural cancer killer. Google it sometimes. Don't take my word. Just Google that. You know how you people. But listen, they had an explosion in Russia a missile explosion because chemicals, you all heard about that, right? Most of the people, they says, was already protecting themselves, taking iodine. Iodine is a natural cancer killer. 
As a matter of fact, if you old as I am, you remember everything just by we bought had iodine in it. Even the salt had iodine, iodine, salt, iodine. Then if anything wrong, they always give you some iodine. Then we ain't seen iodine. But if you notice, it's a council cell killer. I don't go, I get a bottle of iodine. That ain't what I'm talking about. <laughs> Read the direction. You man, you better drop. I'm just saying, if you come past this stuff, work, I need to, I'm going to have to get hooked. I'm going to get rid of something. No, that is, not, that is not what I said. You can put a drop in your food or something. Oh, Lord. Somebody say amen. Right, I was reading Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. Did I finish? I don't think I did. I was doing Ephesians 6 too, right? I want to show that last word there and say, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. That means that your spirit has a sword and it's called the word of God. That's why the Bible told you to arm yourself with the truth. So when you don't give your soul the weapon it needs, how it's going to fight off your enemies? Your spirit fights off your enemies, said, said my spirit fights off my enemies with the word of truth. Right, so what happens you don't get the word? You know, just like physical, physically, you, you won't cancel cells to soil, but you don't take vitamins with iodine. They made them up for us, now you get over 55. You, go, you don't have to worry about it, you just go there and say, I'm over 55, here's yours right here. Let me move on. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. You enjoying the word? Yeah. Amen. I have like 10 minutes to go. If you're in a hurry, I don't have but 10 minutes to go. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 14 through 19. I believe in educating you. I believe in giving you everything I know. Amen. You know if I learned something, I want you to know. It was going to help you. Amen. My wife and I, we, we, take, we, we, we try to take good, good care of ourselves. We don't put anything in our body that's not functioning. Just like, for example, a car. You don't put water in the oil tank. You don't put, you know, you got to know oil going oil and water going water. So that's why I don't, that's why when I drink wine, my wife and I drink wine, but we drink non-alcohol. Matter of fact, at Costco right now, it's on sale, three bottles for seven ninety nine. This is their seventh year celebrating grape wine, grape juice. Got the silver on the top with the bottle there, just like champagne, but it's grape juice. So it's good, it's good chill with ice. It's just grape juice. It's no wine, it's grape juice, okay. Right. Grape juice, that's what it is called, grape juice. We don't drink, we don't drink alcohol, we don't drink alcohol. We don't put that in our bodies. Let's move on. But they do have it at Costco for $7.99. I don't have no stock in Costco, okay? I'm just saying, but it's good for, and, and, but see, it's good for you, and it's good for men. Grape juice is good for men. I could tell y'all some stuff. I'm about to move on. I'm about, I'm about to move on. But grape, grape juice is good for men. Cleanse your kidney, your liver and stuff out. That doesn't understand that. Okay. For this cause, Paul said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, watch this, by his spirit, in the inner man. So how are you going to do it if you don't give him the word? You understand what I mean? That's what I was saying. That Christ may dwell in your heart. This is what Christ lives in your heart. What Christ lives? In your heart. That means that Christ absolutely stands in you. He lives in your heart. So that's why you hear me say Christ is 6'3", because I'm 6'3". And he covers me from head to toe. Amen. Christ may dwell in your heart. The word dwell means live. He lives here. So God's whole plan was not to get you from earth to heaven, was to get heaven here. Yes. 
He wants God to be in you here. He wants to make heaven here. Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. There you being rooted and grounded in love. And that's what God really wants. Now watch what happens when you're rooted and grounded in love. Now you're able to comprehend. You're able to understand what all the saints, what is the breath, here it is, length and depth and height. Three words, breath. Don't go, no, don't go nowhere on that one. I'm going to show that one. Four things that God told Abraham to walk the land. He told him to walk the breath, the length, the depth, the height of the land. And that means Christ, okay? So let's show you the breath, the length, the depth, and the height. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration. Don't slap somebody by the head trying this out. <laughs> and you'll be, excuse me, pardon me. You'll be noctis, you know. Breath, that's wide, right? Can you put it back up there again? Just leave that up there. Not me. Just leave that up there. Breath, and then length. Right? How long, how wide, right? Now, when you see me, I'm going to demonstrate something. And then the, the, I'm sorry, the depth, because he went down first, and then he went up, right? So he was buried, and he raised again from the dead. So when God shows you that, what is he really showing you? The cross, right? The cross shows you the breadth of God's love, the length of God's love. That's the Father's love. Somebody said, that's the Father's love. Yeah. Now, the Father's love is John 3, 16. And then he's going to show you John 15, 13, we're going to show you, it's the Son's love. Now, the Son's love was down because he went to hell for you. He died and buried again, and he was raised from the dead. See, the Son's love go up and down. The Father's love go across. God so loved the world, everybody. That's why God's son was on the cross and he stretched out his arms for everybody. So John 3, 16 and then John 15, 13, for God so loved the world. This is the father's love. The father so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. You got to know God loved you. See the kid, we'd be like, Lord, wonder do you love me? Hello? He gave you his own son. You still wonder, did he love you? He gave you his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he gave you his son so you can have life. All right, then here's the son love, John 15 and 13. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. Now you gotta understand something. That was talking about friends. We wasn't friends. We weren't even his friends. How many know the verse I'm looking for? It said, while we were yet sinners. What verse was that? It said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you have to understand that. While we were yet sinners. You weren't even his friend. What? Romans what? 5, 8? Romans 5, 8. Check that. See what that is. Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners. So we weren't his friends. We was his enemies. But God commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, we was enemies, that's the word sinner. While we was his enemies, he died for us. So it's not like Jesus laid down his life for his friends, which was his 12 disciples, he called them friends. But we was not his friend, we was his enemies. And yet he died for me. You talking about somebody expressed their love for me. That's why he says, in, in 15, John 15, 13. Go back to John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this. You know, man lay down his life for a friend. You got to understand something. He laid down his life for you. I don't think we understand the expression. Somebody willingly laid down their life for you. Listen, there could nobody else, nobody else pay the price for sin unless they were sinless. Go to, go, to, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You didn't need nobody to die for you. If they had sinned, it couldn't help you nowhere. There had to be somebody who had no sin. Had to be somebody who knew no sin. Had to be somebody who never did wrong. Nobody could accuse them. They had to be the one. And heaven searched over. And that's why in the book of, Revel, in the book of Revelation said it couldn't find nobody. 
And then all of a sudden they says, the lamb stepped forth. And said, who's going who gonna to loose the seals? Who's going to be able to walk into the Father's throne? Who's going to go there and not fall dead? The son says, I can do it. God has already prepared himself a lamb. Ain't that right? That's what he told Abraham. Abraham wanted to know how it's going to happen. He says, God has prepared himself a lamb. Already ready. Let's put that on the screen. Just one verse. No. I just told you the verse. Where, where, where I go? 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. See, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he told you that God exchanged places with you. Now, you, you, got, you got to see this. Brother Lewis, can I use you for an example? I finally realized your name is Alan. Your wife had been telling me that for 20 years, and I keep calling you Alan. She said, no, it's Alan. A-L-A-N. Thank you, sister. You, you try. <laughs> A-L-A-N. Alan. Now, here's a man. Now, don't believe me. Now, this man here is my brother, okay? And he's not going to go to the cross. But here comes Jesus to save him. Ain't nobody else. I'm waiting for you to put that on the screen, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Nobody else can do this. He made him to be sin for us. This is what God did. He took all of his sin and put it on him. Took his sin. Took his sin off. Because he didn't know in the sin. This is Christ. And he put his righteousness. Now this man is going to die. That of me and you. For he made him to be sin for us. So we're going to switch places. I'm going to die for him. I'm going to die for him. I'm not going to let him die. Because I know when I die, I can rise again. You see, that's why he did it. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. See, only one man knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So God took his son, took the righteousness off of his son, took the skin, the coat, killed his son on the cross, gave me his righteousness, and then says, you be me, I'll be you. I'm going to go to the cross for you. You're not going to have to die. You just, you stand there. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. See, he gave everything he had to represent who he is to us. And he went to the cross. And he died on the cross. Then he went to hell. His soul went into hell for three days and three nights. And then the third day, after that three days and three nights was over, then he got up from the tomb. Well, let me go check on, let me go check on my boys here. He don't need that no more. He got a new body. See, that's how we became the body of Christ. You do, you know you are actually the body of Christ. Now, when God came, now this was the soul man. This was Adam. When God came back in this body, he shares it now with me. See, he's in the body with me. When he rose from the dead, he raised me from the dead with him. See, we are risen with Christ. So when he raised Christ from the dead, he raised me up from the dead too. So you don't see him, you just see Lewis. But he right there with Lewis. Same height, same height. He right there with Lewis. So when Lewis get ready to go somewhere, when Lewis had to find a wife, and we told Lewis, that shit right there. If you'll let him, he'll make all the decisions you need made in your life. He right in the house. Thank you, brother Lewis. Thank you. He right, he right in the house. Let him lead you and guide you. He lives right in the house. And everything you need, God has it for you. Everything you need. If you need 
Listen, you can't come to a place that don't think God can't do that. Don't you ever do God like that. You might not ever experience it, but there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.